Welcome back to the Let's Argue podcast, brought to you by HHWR Builders, centered around college football and much, much more. Here are your hosts, Jason Cody Morris, Zeke Shivers, and Jackson Beckham. Gentlemen, it's time to argue. All right, welcome back to another Let's Argue podcast, our second midweek episode uh, where we discuss the CFP rankings. And guys, the um, second rankings have come out today, and really it's just some surprising snubs and some surprising rankings where people are ranked. Agreed. Um, where, do you, where do you want to start here? You want to start with uh, your snubs, or what, what you want to do? We can uh, we can start with the snubs. I feel like we uh, there's a couple of questionable decisions you know made in this uh, uh, college football ranking top twenty five. Um, ZGC, you want to touch on some of them? Uh, yeah, Jackson and I were sitting here watching the rankings go live on my computer, and you know it got it got um, they were doing the twenty five through the twenty, and I didn't see who I was looking for. Like they looked okay, but I didn't see who I was looking for. Um, well, then they did you know nineteen to fifteen or whatever, and I asked Jackson. I said, "Where's Liberty?" And, and my jaw dropped, realizing that Liberty was not on there. And, I mean, I know you people may be like, uh, the Liberty Flames, like, be frail. They're not Power 5. They're not. But, I mean, let me remind you guys, this Tulane team is still sitting in there at number 17, and they have the exact same record as this Liberty team, whose only loss was to a ranked Wake Forest at home by one point. So the 8-1 and one Liberty squad, who just beat an SEC team, I feel like, you know, also they're in the AP poll at number 18. I feel like they should have made this uh, college football playoff ranking. Yeah, and um, this Tulane team also didn't beat an SEC team. You can say what you want about Liberty beating Arkansas, and you can say Arkansas is not so good or their record isn't good. Going on the road as a non-Power 5 school into Arkansas, no matter what, that's an SEC game on the road and Hugh Freeze goes in there and beats Arkansas, that's an SEC win. I mean, even if you just rank them at 25, Liberty should be in the top 25. Yep, considering that there is one, two, three, four, five, three-loss ball clubs in the top 25, and Liberty at 8-1 and with some solid wins is not. Well, let's look at the the three-loss teams starting from the bottom. Um, Kentucky's the first one ranked uh, with three losses at 24. Will Levis and company have not even played up to their expectations, and for them to be in the top 25 right now is just a miracle. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Florida State, you know, they've played, they've played decently at times. They haven't played good at times. It's really a toss-up of the question of should they be there or not, but when you have other teams that, you know, like Liberty, who've proven themselves, you know, with their 8-1 record, and when it comes to the college football top 25, you know, um, I don't think Florida State really is. This is just a questionable decision to have them up there. You have uh, Kansas State and Texas uh, to, are the next two. At, uh, Notre Dame squeezes in there at 20, too. Oh, I, admit, I didn't see them. That may 20, be the yes, only yes. three-loss team, well, if you're looking from 20 to 25. Kentucky and Florida State, maybe. Notre Dame definitely should be in there after Absolutely. being a top-five team. Yeah, you have that stretch of three teams, Notre Dame, Kansas State, and Texas at 2019 and 18. All three losses that make it in there. All three of them should be in there. Else, I mean, Kansas State—they've been playing good ball. Texas is picking up. All three yeah. of those teams should be in there. Yeah, I do. I do believe that Florida State has earned their way into the top twenty-five. Now, you know, I—I I mentioned Liberty, and you may ask, well, who would I replace Liberty with? Um, I don't know. I'd necessarily put them in their spot, but I do feel like if you're going to put Tulane in Illinois, 
in the top 25 mm-hmm. as high as they are, you know, Illinois should not be higher than a 24 or 25 because Illinois has not beat a ranked team and they just lost to an unranked Michigan State. So if you're asking me who I think Liberty should be in there for, I'm going to tell you, you know, either Tulane or Illinois. Well, you know, I think that Florida State's questionable because they did, they got beat by Clemson at home. They've got some, they beat LSU in a close game. Yeah, I mean they beat LSU in the first game of the year, but Liberty is a one loss non Power Five school, and Illinois is sitting at the top of the West of the Big Ten right now. So um, it's not like Illinois is not winning ball games. I think they deserve to be in the top twenty five, even though they just got beat by an unranked team. But Liberty should be in there, I think, at least over Kentucky and possibly Florida State also. Yeah, yeah, definitely over Kentucky. Now, I definitely, at the beginning of the year, I had high hopes for Will Levis and the Kentucky Wildcats, and they have good pieces. Like I said, Levis is an NFL draft prospect quarterback, and Chris Rodriguez is one of the best running backs in the SEC. So I, I definitely had high expectations for them, but they have, they've kind of let me down. So I don't hope they play good against Georgia, but, I mean, for them, it's kind of what they need to hang around in the top 25. But about, I'll tell you this, if they get four losses, they're out. Yeah. When talking about some of these SEC teams and, you know, shocking picks, the um, Ole Miss didn't make the top ten. Which, you know, you can you can make an argument, okay, you know, they haven't really been performing like some of these other teams have. But, uh, you know, they their one loss, like, right as it came to LSU, correct? Yep. Yeah, it was it was a it was a little bit of a beatdown. Like I'm pretty sure LSU won by 25 points or something like that, or 20 something points. But this is also an LSU team who's doing nothing but going up every single week drastically as they come out and they beat Alabama. So um, yeah, I mean I expected Ole Miss to be. I had Ole Miss as my 10 team in the college football ranking as they are the, you know, another one loss team, and they have Alabama coming up next. So. Obviously, if they beat Bama this weekend, there will be no no question that they are the number 10 team, if not higher. But uh, I definitely had them over Clemson and Bama in my top 10. Yeah, before we actually get in and talk about the top 10, talking about teams that didn't make the top 10, all of us had UCLA at least in the top 10, and they're sitting outside of the top 10 and outside of Ole Miss. They're sitting in at number 12, and one of the lowest one-ranked, one-loss teams beside Tulane and North Carolina, two teams that really haven't proven anything all year. But UCLA, their only loss coming to um, Oregon wasn't – it was Oregon. What, Oregon beat yeah, – or, yeah, one at loss Oregon. at Oregon on the road. Yeah, they're sitting outside the top ten and outside of Ole Miss. They're sitting there at 12. So UCLA, a little surprise to me. We all had them ranked inside the top ten. Yeah, and the reason I had UCLA ranked in my top ten is – that loss to Oregon was kind of it was kind of opposite of what we saw in Tennessee versus Georgia. Tennessee versus Georgia, Georgia had complete control of the game, and the score does not show that. And Oregon versus um, UCLA, Oregon wins by 15 points and puts up 45 points. But UCLA, they played really – I mean, they did not play a bad football game. It felt like the game was a lot closer than that. I remember watching that game. It felt like the game was a lot closer. And with UCLA – you know, beating Utah and beating Washington, who are both ranked at the time. And then they've got some pretty other – they've got other convincing wins on their schedule, even though they had a little close call to South Alabama. I definitely feel like UCLA in this offense deserves to be in the top ten. I mean, UCLA is a top ten offensive ball club, and they've shown that they can hold other opponents to under 15 points, under 20 points in a ball game. Before we get into the actual rankings, I want to go back over our rankings in case listeners hadn't uh, listened to the previous episode. I'll let each of us go over our own and discuss why we put each team there. 
Um, Jackson, you're first on the board. Um, let's go through your top ten. At 10, I had Alabama. You know, I just feel like the CFP would find a way to have Alabama at 10, and they did. But um, yeah, then they lost to – their two losses come from Tennessee, who's now four, and then LSU, who's now seven. So or that's on mine. I read that wrong. I was yeah. reading off the wrong rankings. Tennessee is now five, and LSU seven, excuse me. But, um, yeah, I was just you – know, I thought Alabama, you know, two losses is questionable, but, you know, there's two losses to two very good teams. Um, number nine, I had UCLA. You know, I thought they've had a pretty good year. One loss coming to Oregon – you know they'd they'd be in the top ten surely over Clemson, but I was wrong. So had UCLA at nine, eight had USC, which is where they are now. Um, you know, they've just been playing really good football, and they they have one loss. I just looked, but um, you know they, I feel like they're a pretty good team. I feel like they deserve that spot. Seven LSU. Well, stick it up before you keep going. That one loss you spoke about uh, with USC, that one loss is to the thirteenth ranked team. Utah Utes, and that was on the road. So they gave them, yeah, they gave them a credit for that loss on the road. Yeah, and not so much for Ole Miss and UCLA. Yeah, it's it, that's definitely a point to make. You know, Ole Miss has the one loss to LSU, who's a very good team, but then USU has one loss to Utah. You know, but then I'm um, seven have the LSU Tigers. You know, they've beaten um, Ole Miss and Alabama at, at home against Alabama in a crazy game we saw this past weekend. Uh, number six, Oregon. After the Georgia game, they're playing electric football. Bo Nix is looking better than he ever has. Um, five, I had TCU. I just feel like, you know, the only reason that they were there is because I had Tennessee at four. I feel like the, that one Tennessee loss would have put them all the way down to five coming from Georgia. But then, you know, I had Tennessee at four, Michigan up to three, Ohio State at two, and Georgia at one after their win against Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I'm next on the board, so I'll go over my top ten. Um, I also had Bama sitting at 10. I just thought that the CFP committee valued Bama just a little bit more than everybody else. You know, Bama is still Bama regardless of two losses. Um, I don't think they'll finish the year with three losses, uh, maybe after the bowl game, but uh, it, especially in the regular season, um, I think they'll get out alive. Uh, they got a big game coming up Saturday against Ole Miss on the road, so we'll see about those rankings. Uh, they sit at um, Bama at 9 and Ole Miss at 11 now, so – We'll find out if the CFP really was right about those rankings. Um, then I have USC sitting at nine and UCLA at t- eight. I just had thought UC- UCLA would be in the top ten, and USC kind of struggled with Cal at home, so I put UCLA over USC. And obviously the CFP committee didn't look at it the same way we did because we all had uh, those two teams sitting eight and nine spots, and they weren't even in the top ten. Um, then I had LSU sitting at seven, which is where they sit now. Six, I had Oregon just like Jackson. But then uh, the top five, I had actually got correct. Uh, Tennessee at five, TCU at four, Michigan three, Ohio State at two, and then, of course, the dogs sitting at one. Um, with mine, at number 10, I had Ole Miss because they're pretty convincing at eight and one to me. Um, I mean, let's not forget Ole Miss, when Kentucky was number seven in the country, five or six weeks into this regular season, Kentucky was still sitting number seven, and I know they've – played bad sense and all this, but Kentucky was sitting at number seven and UCLA beat them. Well, you still got to give them – I mean, I'm sorry, Ole Miss. I don't know where I – UCLA, sorry. <laughs> well, you still got to give them credit for that number seven win because if you look back just a week ago at the rankings, they put Tennessee at number one and gave them credit for the top ten win against Pittsburgh. Yeah, exactly. And it went in overtime. And Pittsburgh is outside of the top 25 and has been for the rest of the season. Exactly. So you got to give them that credit for a top ten win. Exactly. And that's why I have Ole Miss sitting there at ten because they beat that number seven team – and then, although LSU was unranked when Ole Miss lost to them, it was in Death Valley, and it was a night game. They got trapped just like Alabama did, 
And I mean, what? There's not a game that I feel like Ole Miss deserves to be out of the top ten, and USC deserves to be in. Yeah, you definitely me, have an argument for that. Let I mean, me and let me make that connection because USC, their loss comes to a Utah team that lost to the Florida Gators. And then Utah also lost to um, who else they lose to? I mean, really, you just got to look at how they just ranked them. Ole Miss has lost yeah. to a top top seven team, and, and Utah's is to um, they lost to UCLA. UCLA, yeah. and uh, you just brought up their other loss. Who was their other Florida. loss? Florida. Yeah. So, and Florida is not even nowhere near the top twenty five. So that's a bad loss for Utah. And if you keep looking, that's a bad loss for. Uh, the other teams ahead of them, so yeah. you got to give them that. And I know that's a bit of a drastic kind of connection we're bringing in, but at the end of the day, I feel like if you line up Ole Miss and, like, a USC team who I put as my number eight team, I had UCLA at nine, USC at eight. But I feel like if you line up Ole Miss and USC, that Ole Miss will come out on top. I mean, that's just my opinion. And so that's why I had Ole Miss at ten, because I predicted the CFP would – you know, Harpo Lincoln Riley and what he's done, whatever, going into USC. And I figured they would put him at that eight spot. But I also thought they would look at Lane Kiffin and say, hey, you beat a number seven Kentucky team. You've played good. You had a bad slip up in Death Valley in a trap game. We're still going to give you this number 10 spot because you only have one loss. But no, they got placed behind an ACC school that just got beat by an unranked team. And then they placed them behind a two-loss Bama. Well, the, you'd also think, because you know the CFP looks at more than just their rankings and how they play, they would look at the money-making that they would get from a 10 versus 11 team. Um, yeah. You would think that they would put Ole Miss at 10, going on, being at home, hosting number 11 Alabama, maybe fuel Alabama up, make it a better game. But CFP didn't look at it that. I mean, they just put Ole Miss at 11 um, just where they were last week. Yeah, but, I mean, I'll move on. At number seven, I had LSU – um, deservingly so. They're still a two-loss football team with a couple bad losses, but they've uh, they've played like a top-five ball team the past couple weeks, so they're, they're sitting right there at number seven. Number six, I had Oregon. Oregon does have a 46-point loss to Georgia, and as much as I love Georgia, that first game of the year, you know, Dan Lanning coming from Georgia, it was a bit of a rocky game for him, his first game of the year with Oregon, and it was pretty much a home game for Georgia, so yes, 46 points looks bad, but Georgia has also separated themselves as by far the number one team of the country. So I feel like Oregon definitely deserve, deserves to be right there at uh, six, if not five. But number five, I do have the TCU Horn Frogs. They keep getting down in games, but they keep finding a way to come back and win. Sonny Dykes is a candidate for Coach of the Year, obviously, turning around this Horn Frogs program. Um, I do not think that TCU is better in Tennessee, so I'm going to leave them there at number five. Um, number four, I kept Tennessee there because I expected the college football playoff to say, hey, you beat Alabama when they were number one. And then, I mean, you, you lost, lost to Georgia yeah, on the road. You lost to Georgia on the road, who is clearly the number one team in college football. Um, and then my top three, I went number one, UGA, number two, Ohio State, number three, Michigan. Um, I was telling Jackson I would not be surprised if they placed Michigan over Ohio State yeah. in the, this week's college football playoff, though, because Michigan has a couple impressive wins that, not saying Ohio State doesn't, but if you look at how Michigan played Penn State and how Ohio State played Penn State, Michigan controlled that ball game a lot more than Ohio State did. And then Ohio State, even though they had 19 players out with the flu, they played one of the worst Power 5 teams in the country and had to – 
take it to the last few minutes of the game to pull away. Well, you know, the uh, last week's rankings, CFP rankings, were really just a rankings based on what teams have done up to that point in the season of last week. Now we've gotten to the point where CFP has really looked at that point, and now it's really a week-to-week basis ranking. You're looking at what this team did this week and what they can do next week. They're not really looking at the past past res- uh, results anymore because that's really what last, last week's rankings were. Um, but if you look up there, I agree with you. I was going to say that um, if you didn't, that Michigan, I thought Michigan may could have jumped Ohio State. They struggled with Northwestern. And for later in the season, a two versus three matchup, two going two, three uh, would have been a big time matchup, but it's still going to be a top five matchup no, no matter what. Yeah. And I, um, like I said, I would have been totally fine with Michigan being that number two team because, like you said, JC, they're looking at how teams perform week to week because it's a new ranking every week. Yeah. And Michigan. They don't look and say, hey, Michigan struggled with Rutgers in the first half. They look at Michigan, put up 52 points, and beat them by 30. That's what they look at. So, um, like I said, it, I wasn't super upset with uh, CFP rankings this week. I just expected them to give Ole Miss a little more respect. But who knows, maybe that fuels Lane Kiffin and they hand Alabama a third loss of the season this weekend. Lane Kiffin's a crazy man. No telling what he's capable of, especially against a team like Alabama. Have you looked at Twitter? He's probably already tweeted about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't got on Twitter yet, but he's probably made a tweet saying that. Twitter right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I mean, let me, let, me remind you that, let me remind you this. Sorry, Ole Miss, this makes – if when LSU wins out their season and they go to the SEC championship game and they potentially move up to that number five or that number six spot even – especially to move up to number five, that makes that makes Ole Miss not look as bad. I mean, a night game in Death Valley. But Jackson's pulling up Twitter right now. We're looking at some, some college football this is This is what Lane Kiffin tweeted four hours ago. It's a picture of the leadership secrets of Nick Saban. looks like a book. And then under it is the Alabama 2022 defensive call sheet. Um, so where Lane Kiffin got that from, I don't know. Um, what that means, I also don't know. But um, – that's very interesting, especially because they play Alabama this uh, this Saturday. Um, you know, Lane Kiffin, we talked about it in the last episode, Lane Kiffin is just different. Um, very, very different head coach. He is not ashamed of what people think of him, and he's not a hurt, not afraid to uh, hurt anyone's feelings either. Nope. And, you know, maybe he gets this Ole Miss team on a different level. And, like I said, they come out and hand Alabama three losses. This could, um, this could be an interesting weekend. Yeah, um, before we talk about some what-ifs, what could happen, uh, that's always fun to talk about with the CFP rankings. I want to talk about somebody we haven't talked about yet. Um, out They're in the CFP top ten. We didn't have them in our top ten. The Clemson Tigers go to South Bend, get upset by an unranked Fighting Irish, and they only fall six spots to the number ten ranking. That is, outside of Liberty, that's probably the most ranking right there that I don't agree with. Let me tell you, and let me tell you why they're still there in that top ten. Because the C when is the last time the CFP released a weekly ranking or a final season ranking where there's not an ACC team in there? When's the last time they had a final ranking without Clemson or Alabama in there? Literally. This would be like the first time that Clemson nor Alabama got in for the first time like ever. I mean, yeah. when are when are we gonna stop harping like on these Clemson Tigers? We've all literally agreed. I bet they still get in. I mean, oh, my God. We've agreed that the ACC is the weakest conference in the Power Five for mm-hmm. this football season. But How many teams do they have ranked? Two? Yeah. Clemson. No, Clemson, North Carolina, NC State. Okay, well. That's it. Oh, and Florida State now. The CFP. Four. I feel like the CFP looks at Clemson and they say, hey, 
you beat number 21, now unranked, Wake Forest, at Wake Forest, okay? And they say, hey, you beat NC State when they were number 10. But look at Wake Forest and NC State. They are, they are like, they're not elite ball clubs. I don't think that Clemson is a, is a top 10 team. Because I guarantee you, if LSU was unranked, Alabama falls out of the top 10. Yeah. Yes. So why does Clemson lose? Well, in, not well just, maybe if it's Georgia and they lose to an unranked LSU, they fall out. But Alabama and Nick Saban, CFP's got a little different. Clemson and Alabama are on that same scale. But if anybody or on Ohio State's on that same scale also. But if it's anybody else outside of those three teams, they fall out of the top ten. I don't know. Because Bama is Bama. Yeah. I mean, look yeah. at it. Bama, they still got Bama sitting at nine yeah. with two losses. But, man, like, and it's not even it's not even that Clemson lost to Notre Dame. Notre Dame took them by their necks and choked them. Like, Clemson couldn't do a thing by this unranked Notre Dame offense. And if we're talking about if we're talking about how the game goes, obviously the CFP looked at the Georgia Tennessee game and they said Georgia freaking took over. They even though the scoreboard doesn't really show it, Georgia absolutely took over because everyone that watched the game realized that. And so they said, hey, Georgia's our clear number one. Why didn't they do that with Clemson? Well Georgia could have won by three points and they still would have been number one. I mean the winner uh, the win, the winner of that game was going to be number one. Yeah, you, you you knew uh, that was coming because especially it, Ohio State it, Ohio yeah. State won by fourteen points. But but if you listen to all the outside media, because I watch, I've been listening to a lot of media talking about the George Tennessee game. Everyone uses the phrase "Georgia strangled Tennessee," and although the scoreboard doesn't show it, Georgia like Tennessee couldn't do anything on offense. So why don't they look at this Notre Dame and Clemson game where the this unranked Notre Dame team comes in and strangles the number four team in the country, who arguably shouldn't have been the number four yeah, team in the country, and before that, arguably shouldn't have been the number six team in the country. An already struggling Clemson offense was shut up by an unranked Notre Dame. It is wild to see how that gets less credit than, you know, Ole Miss only losing to LSU and all these other teams who have one smaller loss or one loss that's like, wow, or why are they even there? Like, how do they get this high with that loss? I mean, because you can say that USC – USC – looks better in their loss than Clemson did in theirs. I mean, that's I mean, that's my argument here. you got other one-loss teams, but look at their losses. I mean, I, I just Clemson is not a top-10 team. You've got good arguments, but let me ask a question. Did they put Clemson at number four thinking that Clemson had the chance to lose, and if they lost, they wouldn't fall that far that way they could get back in? Because if you put them outside of the top four – You've got a chance to put UCLA and Ole Miss above Clemson, which I still think they should have done because of how bad that actually, that loss actually was on the road. But they put them at four last week, so maybe they're thinking if Clemson loses, we still keep them in the top ten and they still got a chance to get in. Or are they thinking, okay, they came back and they fought at the end just to make it good enough we can still put them in the top ten. Did they put them at four last week banking on a loss to Notre Dame? I don't think the CFP would look that far ahead into it. I just well, think the I'll think about the voters that's, now. That's my argument, is maybe we don't know how devious the CFP actually is. Maybe They're, they're behind and, closed doors now. Like and, Nobody else is in there but the CFP voters, and so we don't a, know. This is a long shot, but maybe the CFP is looking so far ahead to try and set up a Clemson-Alabama game. Think Possible about, bowl game? Yeah, a Clemson-Alabama bowl game. Think or about, a Georgia-Clemson Georgia semifinal game in Atlanta. True. 
because a Clemson semifinal game with Georgia and Atlanta would be money-making, or a Clemson-Alabama game outside of the CFP would be something that they'd want to set up. They could still make a crap ton of money off of. Exactly, and you may be right. I think I think I disagree with what Jackson just said about them not looking that far because I believe the CFP looks from now until New Year's Six Bowl time. They look that far ahead mm-hmm. as this, far as money-making. And this may be a stretch as well, but I believe the reason the CFP – puts TCU in the top four this week is to get those TCU fans routed up mm-hmm. and to get them in bought in because you I still already, think they get beat. Yeah, oh yeah, me too. You already you already get ten, like Tennessee fans already bought in. Oregon fans already bought in. LSU fans already bought in. Oh yeah. But the I TCU mean half of fans, these teams are buying like hotel rooms already. Exactly. But the TCU fans I don't think they're quite bought in because their team keeps having to come back. Although they're undefeated, but the college fall playoff, I do think everything finds its way back to money. Mm-hmm. And it's all about money, it's all about TV ratings, and it's all about ticket sales. That's why they kept TCU at the top four for so long. Yep, because you wanted to piss them off, you wanted to upset them, mm-hmm. you wanted to make be, them mad. Who's going to be excited to see TCU the top four over Alabama, Clemson? I mean, let's be teams. honest, if Georgia plays TCU in the first round, that it's maybe, I said it to Z, I said it's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. I know. TCU's in there. And maybe Kirby, because Kirby's first year, 2016, we played TCU in our bowl game when Georgia went 7-5. and five. Yep. And Liberty Bowl. Yeah, that's right. And I think, I mean, like you said, if they play again in a bowl game, Georgia is going to absolutely – like it's going to be worse than Georgia-Michigan last year. But as a Georgia fan, that's what I want to happen. Yeah. I want TCU As a Georgia fan, winning. that's what I want. But I do, I do feel like one of the reasons they put them in that four spot is because you want to get their fans routed up. You want to get their fans buying the tickets that the Georgia fans don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or you want to get their fans outbidding for the tickets because, yeah. you know, it's the first time TCU's been 9-0 and in how long? Ever, but they still got the tw- they're not a no for the first time since 2015. 2015 was the last time TCU was undefeated or not a no. They were not a no in 2015. Yeah. But, you know, maybe I'm too young. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't upset to see TCU in the top 4. I think it's good to mix it up and I think it's good to I think it's good that you get cuz all right, what I generally want in college football is competitiveness, right? Yeah. You kick Tennessee out of the college football playoff top 4. Maybe they come back and have a bomb rest of the season. And then it presents the CFP with an interesting decision for that four spot. And But, you know, who knows? I just I was not really upset with one through seven at yeah. all. I, I mean, I wasn't either. I mean, that's where we had them all ranked pretty yep. much. Uh, maybe a spot off for Tennessee and TCU will rank four and five. But through the seven, uh, really through eight, USC sitting at eight. I'm not upset with that. But – um, Bama and Clemson right there at nine and ten, leaving Ole Miss out. I mean, Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin was going to be fired up Saturday. They're going to yeah. be like, I like, mean, it's going to be like Georgia Tennessee, where Georgia was like three, and we're like, and okay, because, we're, we're about to show you. Because this is only the second week of the college football ranking, I feel like you go ahead and reward Ole Miss and UCLA. Yeah, I mean, what's it going to hurt? I mean, literally, you got to make you got to make these teams that are not winning ball games perform. I feel like the CP, CFP is looking. Well, I feel like the AP poll looks and says. This team would beat this team. Like, if I rank Georgia 1 and Ohio State 2, Georgia would beat 2. That's how I feel, and that's how I feel like a ranking should be. Yeah. If I'm ranked ahead of you, I can beat you. The CFP doesn't look at that. The CFP looks off basic results, and then we're going to go off results to rank a team. Because if Ole Miss played uh, Clemson right now, Ole Miss wins. If Ole Miss plays USC, that'd be an offensive shootout. Who I think wins? If that's Ole why Miss, I think it's close. That's I think why Ole Miss plays Bama right now, which – We'll find out Saturday. Saturday. Well, let's let's make this interesting. We got the time. Let's do let's do if we were the CFP and we were comparing teams by who we think would win. Let's do a top ten on who we think would beat each other. Georgia would be number one. 
Regardless. Out of the, out of the, out of the ones they just released? Or just in my top seven would be the same top seven. Yeah, my top seven would be... How they're ranked right now, that would be my top seven. I'd have Tennessee over... Mm, in terms of... Well, if you look at that, Tennessee oh, would be on, four. No, Tennessee would be three for me. I think Tennessee would beat Michigan. I know, because I, I think Michigan could have been put over Ohio State. I can't go that far, because Michigan yeah. and Ohio State is going to be a good game. Oh, I know. I just think the Tennessee could beat Michigan. Well, if you look at that, then you go into power rankings, because... Yeah. If you go that far, Tennessee is the be- third best team in the country. Yeah. Well, or not, if we look at what Zeke said. Based off of who we think would win, like that kind of ranking? Well, I feel like the AP poll looks at us. I mean, they also they look at their record. If you've got three losses, yeah. then you're not going to be ranked that. But I feel like if it comes down to the battle of 9-10-11, where there's a two-loss Bama, a one-loss Clemson, a one-loss Ole Miss, the CAP or the AP is going to look at – Ole Miss would be Clemson now, so we're going to put Ole Miss above Clemson, which they did. They put Ole Miss at 11 and 12 Clemson in the AP poll. But CFP looks at it and says, we can't quite do that yet, so we're going to put Clemson at 10, Ole Miss at 11. My, my, my rankings, are 1 through 7, CFP I agree with, but if you look at far as – I'm talking about if you had a close ranking with 9, 10, 11, mm. that's where I would look at this team would beat this team. And, you know, back to this 2 and 3 Ohio State-Michigan, it is not a stretch whatsoever – to think that Michigan will beat Ohio State this year, they and, did it last, know, year. last year. Yeah, and like, but Michigan was at home. Yeah, that's right. They got go to go. They got to go to the shoe. I mean, Michigan is. If you're, if you're talking about who's played the best the past three weeks, it's been the Wolverines. Yeah. Now they have a lot of out similar, of those two teams. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now there's a lot of similarities in schedule. I'm looking at it right now. Like um, both teams have played Michigan State. Both teams have played Rutgers, and um, Ohio State has a uh, more impressive win over, like, Iowa and Michigan State. But, you know. Dude, it can happen. I'm pulling up the schedule, a noon kickoff yeah. against number two Ohio State. Dude, I mean, that's going to be a – when we pick those games that week, rival week, man. If Michigan shows up – Eastern time. That's, like, what, 11 where Ohio is? I don't know if Ohio yeah. Ohio crosses the boundary does of the it? does it quite well if, if Alabama if, in, if, if Alabama crosses the boundary then it goes over. Uh, I mean, if in Wisconsin it'd be an eleven o'clock game, so I don't yeah. know. Hold on, we're in deep in this because I mean they probably hear the keyboard very early, but having it at eleven would just make it that well, much more. Well, if you look at it as far as Eastern time, noon kickoff is a normal time for Eastern. Eleven o'clock is. They're on our time. Ohio is oh, okay. in our time, so so it'll be a noon kickoff. Yeah, it'll be a noon kickoff there. So I mean, either way, it's still an early we, game. Whenever we get there, I might pick that as an upset. I don't know. It depends how these ball clubs play the next couple weeks. But I'll tell well, you this: they much. still do, they still have to play the um, the top ranked in their division, of course, in the West of the Big Ten. They got to play the yeah. top ranked Illinois. Yeah. So, um, I definitely if Michigan shows up how they played versus Penn State, mm-hmm. and Ohio State shows up how they played versus Penn State. Michigan beats Ohio State by two touchdowns. Ohio State hasn't played well. I mean, if you look at last week, they played Northwestern. And but now, you got to give it the flu and yeah. the crappy conditions. But but still, if you're going to be the number two team in the country and play a one and seven to, Northwestern, no matter what the circumstances is, you have to play like the number two team in the country. Next man up. I mean, but look Georgia, at Georgia. Georgia Georgia, yeah. had, Georgia didn't have two good conditions the second half. They didn't do much. They kicked a field goal, but still. I mean, Georgia also is missing some of their best players. And look what they did to the yeah. number one team in the country. Um, anyways, that's that's just my take on uh, the top three. I think that two, three, and four are somewhat interchangeable. But um, the main point that we all know is 
the Bulldogs have, yeah. have they they've That's consensus. This should have been unanimous. Yeah. I mean, Hoyles, it probably was. Let's look at Ohio State. You know, they had a. They kept they let Michigan State have twenty points. That's more than Michigan State should have had against them. Northwestern or the Penn State game. Penn State was in a battle with them till the end. Penn State should have won that game. Penn State should have won that game. Out on the road, Northwestern. The what are they like one and eight? No one and eight. One and eight. And they twenty one seven against the second uh, the second highest rate team in the the country. But the remaining of their schedule literally just has Michigan on it. I'd be willing to see noon at Maryland. Terrible. And then a noon kickoff against Michigan. This is a question I probably should have researched for myself, but out of the 19 players that were out with the flu for Ohio State, were these offensive or defensive players? Because Michigan's defense has been looking a hell of a lot better than Ohio State's defense. And I think that's what this game well, still, down to. they ain't been out all season. Huh? They weren't out against Penn State. Oh, no. no. And they gave up four, 31 no, points. For sure. Yeah, so, I mean – Either way, Michigan's been playing better defense. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'll just go back to this Northwestern team that uh, that lost to Miami, Ohio. Um, not Miami, Florida, Miami, Ohio. Yeah, Springer, um, the home. Southern, Southern Illinois. They lost to Iowa, who I didn't know knew how to score. Um, Where did their offense come from? They were terrible. At the yeah, they, they were averaging like six points a game. But, anyways, this Ohio State-Michigan game is going to be fun to watch. It's an early game, so does C.J. Stroud and the Ohio State offense, are they ready at noon? Or does a rival this, game? It don't matter. I feel like if this comes down to a defensive kind of fight, the Wolverines are. I think they're. I think they're better boys on defense than Ohio State. We got a few weeks before we get to that point, but that's going to be a fun week. Rival week this this year: Auburn, Alabama, Cadillac. Um, Alabama already has two losses. Michigan, Ohio State. Going to be a fun rival week. But um, I want to get back to the CFP rankings, and the, I feel like this is the. The funnest part of these rankings is the what-if factor. Like, what if this happens? What if that happens? Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing I'm going to throw at y'all, the first what-if I'm going to throw, say Georgia wins out, Ohio State beats Michigan, TCU wins the Big 12 with one loss, Tennessee finishes with one loss, and Oregon wins the Pac-12 with one loss. Who gets in? Let me ask a question. You said TCU wins the Big 12 with one loss? Two, TCU get, wins with one loss, wins who, the Big 12. Who do they lose to? Pac-12, Texas this week. Okay. 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 Oregon wins out. They're packed. Well, either if it's Texas or Baylor. Either way, they're on the road. So either one, pick a, pick a loss. Baylor's on rank. So. Um, a one-loss Oregon champion, a one-loss TCU champion, and then Ohio State beats Georgia. So Georgia won, Ohio State two, of course. And then um, TCU has a loss. Michigan has a loss. Oregon has a loss. And USC. Well, USC would have two losses. Or an ACC champion in Clemson. So four one-loss teams and three champions. Who gets in? I was about to ask you this type of question. Um, so Georgia won, Ohio State two. Okay. Okay. So now every other down, team is one loss. Now right? you're down to a champion and one loss teams. Yeah. Okay. My number three team is your CFP committee. Now you're not you're not Zeke Shivers ranking these teams. Okay. You're you're a CFP behind the, the closed doors. As the CFP committee, you got teams sitting wanting to see if they get in. Who gets in? As the CFP committee, I probably put TCU as the number three team. Just because, Big 12 champion. Yeah, okay. Yeah, just yeah. because they're the Big 12 champion, their one loss came to a Texas team. Who, on the road. A Texas team on the road who probably would have beat Alabama Should when Alabama, Alabama was ranked, ranked, what, number three? Oh, don't forget. Uh, Quinn Quinn Ewers got hurt, yeah, Quinn, went out, yeah. and they lost by one point. They held this Alabama offense to 20 points. So that's, I mean, that's their one loss to this Texas team who we've seen can play with anybody in the country that they've been scheduled against. So TCU is your three. Georgia, yep. Ohio State, TCU, 
Who's the four spot? The one loss Oregon champion, the one loss Clemson champion, one loss Tennessee. Non SEC, not even not even in the championship game. In the Michigan. No, see, my number oh, four. Oh yeah, and we got a one loss Michigan that's out too. But they did. If they lose to Ohio State, they're out. Let me throw a little curveball in here because the number four could be LSU. Whoa! With three losses? With two losses. I said Georgia wins out. Oh, oh Georgia excuse beats. me. Excuse me. I thought because if Georgia and but that'll be another one. I'm I'm gonna throw some what ifs at you. That that's gonna be one of them. Yeah. But in this scenario, Georgia wins out. Okay. So my number four team is probably gonna be Oregon. I mean. Pac-12 champion, although they have a 46-point loss to Georgia, first game of the season, look at what they've done since. Same place. Yeah, and I think that that's a – That could definitely happen. Yeah, and I think that it'll have the attention and the ticket sales and the hype around it that it needs, especially with Bo Nix going on social media talking about that he can beat Georgia again if they let him play. He ain't playoff ready. Bo, you've lost to Georgia four times and no matter what school you get to. Let's make it five. Let's make it five. I mean, but I do think think that Oregon – Gets in because if Oregon wins out the rest of the season, that means that they'll be USC. Mm-hmm. So USC's, USC's out. USC's out. Okay, Tennessee. Like if if Georgia does USC still play UCLA? Is that their rival game? I think so. Let me look. I believe that's their rival game. Meaning UCLA would be out also. Yes, they yeah. played them the nineteenth. Oh, that's not their rival game. USC yeah. plays Notre Dame. But, yeah, they do have to play at UCLA. At UCLA. But if USC wins, then UCLA's out. So, I think that's pretty clear, though. I mean, with Oregon having the top with the top five offense in the country, mm-hmm. with a quarterback who they are regarding to now as the best recent quarterback in college football in terms of who has played the best over the past few weeks, I think that Oregon deserves to get that four spot more than another team. I agree. I agree. Jackson, is, is yours the same? Same scenario. You still got like five, yeah, five I mean, one loss teams. Michigan losing to just Ohio State, you know. But they don't make their championship game. You have Ooh. two champions sitting yeah. there. No, three. Yeah, an ACC, a Big Twelve, and a Pac Twelve. Because champion. that puts Michigan and Tennessee in the same boat. Michigan and, and which Michigan loss is better? Then yeah, exactly. you got to look down to what loss is better. Exactly. Both are on the road. Both are the top ranked teams. I just think that you, you got to leave both of them out. I don't even think TCU would move to three. Um, then the question is like Oregon or Tennessee at four. But, you know. Before you make your prediction, I'm saying Oregon jumps TCU if that happens. Because if Oregon's a champion with only one loss to Georgia, Oregon goes to three, TCU slides in the four spot. Because I think Oregon's in if they win. If they win out, they're in. Yeah. Then it comes down to TCU get in with a loss. Because I think Oregon's in regardless. If they win the Pac-12 championship and only lost to the number one team in the country first game of the year, they're in. I say if TCU can win out. I think I'll have to. Well, no, I said the, the scenario is TCU loses. Oh, yeah, and, TCU and, loses. And they win the Big 12. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, they'll have Oregon at three. <clears throat> Who's your four? Does TCU get in? Clemson get in as an ACC champion? Um, t- one lost Tennessee, one lost Michigan? It's, I'm trying to decide between TCU and Tennessee. I know Tennessee's only losses to Georgia. Well, okay, if you, if you look at I Tennessee, mean, if you look at ten, yeah, yeah, if you look at Tennessee, then look at Michigan. Because... Michigan's in the same exact boat. Same spot with Ohio State. But they, yeah, I'll put TCU at four because they, they have that championship. And let me let me just say this. If Michigan loses to Ohio State, Tennessee loses, obviously lost to Georgia, so that puts them in the same boat, right? If, if Michigan keeps it within a touchdown, like seven points or three points to Ohio State, 
JC, this is a question I have for you. If Oregon screws around, loses game, something like that, okay? They lose and, another one? Yeah. So you're just looking at you're looking at all these two loss teams, right? But Wait, who who all has one two losses? I mean, sorry, you're looking at these um you're looking at the one loss teams because Michigan will have one loss and Tennessee has a loss, right? Who do you who would you put in if Michigan keeps it within seven to Ohio State? Mm-hmm. Do you put them in over Tennessee? If it comes down to that? Yes. Do I put Michigan over in over Tennessee? Yes. Yes. Okay. Michigan, I, I agree. Because Michigan was is, is in the same spot as Tennessee. They're playing on the road. They're playing a top-ranked team. And if Michigan keeps it close, their loss isn't as bad as Tennessee. Exactly. Because if you, if you look at it, you said it. All the media said, even um, uh, Reese Davis said it, Georgia played and destroyed and controlled the game the whole time regardless of score. Georgia let up, rain, you can say what you want to, but Georgia dominated. If Michigan keeps it within seven, they're in. Exactly. Over Tennessee. I agree. Yeah. Because if it comes down to that same boat, Michigan's in. I agree, because let's not forget, Michigan's ranked behind Ohio State. Man, if it comes down to that, the CFP has got a – They got a – Yeah, they got a decision. They, they would be in there for three-plus hours. So here's my other argument, too. Clemson could very well see their way into that four spot. God, I hope not. Yeah, yeah. they can. They, They're going to get in. Notre Dame has a good shot of finishing this year, maybe in that 10 spot. Because Notre Dame – Where are they at now? 20? 20. But Notre Dame has to play a couple ranked teams. And last game – they got to play USC. They, yeah, they play USC, who's number eight. Yeah. They play USC the last game of the year. So don't be surprised – if but the they only play Navy and Boston College before then. Okay, but listen. so is twenty and all the way to ten in three weeks a big jump? But listen, but we've seen we've seen teams move back nine spots. Mm-hmm. That's losses. But listen, they don't do that for wins. This, just listen to this. You already know how much they ride ACC and they ride Dabo. Right? Well, NC State and Texas both jump six this they, week. You know how much they ride Dabo, right? How bad does it make Clemson look? If they have one loss to a Notre Dame team that's number 12 or 13 finishing in the college rankings. And especially if uh, this team like Michigan loses that game, TCU loses two, and then... Yeah, because... Well, that's no, hold on, hold on. Well, if TC, TCU still has one loss and is a Big 12 champion, and Oregon takes another loss, and USC loses to Notre Dame... Clemson gets in as the ACC champion with one loss. Exactly. They're, Clemson is not out of this by any means. Exactly. Because they look at if you look at the board, the uh, ACC standings are over here far left. Clemson is in the Atlantic, eight and one, six and zero oh in the ACC. They're going to win the Atlantic regardless. Coastal is UNC. They still have to play them in the regular season, and they could possibly well Duke's three and two in the Coastal. So it's really a far stretch for Duke. The ACC championship is pretty much set. One Clemson, one UNC. Clemson beats them twice. They're going to they have a huge shot to get back in that four spot. So, just to make sure we haven't lost our or confused our listeners, Clemson, who we don't believe des- deserves to be a college football playoff top 4 team, they could very well see themselves as that number 4 team if Notre Dame wins out, beats USC, takes out that number 8 spot. Well, regardless of that, they can still get in. True. If they're a one-loss ACC champion, they still... True, but the CFP is going to look at that and say, hey, this is, that, this is a Notre Dame team that has been on fire, like LSU. This is a Notre Dame team who has came, and they are just on a roll. And then, because here's another argument, Oregon losing by 46 points to the number one team in the country when they're ranked a good bit behind Georgia, mm-hmm. but somehow they get into the top four, what's the, what's that big of a difference between Clemson and Notre Dame? 
because it was not a 46-point loss. I agree. I agree. But then if you look as far as the Big 12 and if TCU – TCU is pretty much in the Big 12 championship. But they do theirs different. This all one Big 12. There's no split divisions. So they could possibly play tw- Texas or Baylor twice. There's a three-way tie right now for second place, Texas, Baylor, and Kansas State. Uh, Kansas could easily sneak into that tie right there. So uh, TCU could end up playing one of those three teams twice, as in Texas, Baylor, and Kansas State. So if they lose in the Big 12 championship and uh, Clemson wins the ACC championship with one loss, Texas, Clemson's yeah. in over TCU. Yep. If TCU loses to Baylor, they're out, period. I'm sorry. Regardless. I'm, yeah. Sorry. Even if they go back and beat them in the Big 12 championship. Yeah, they're yeah. out. If, if TCU loses to unranked Baylor – in the regular season, okay. Well, because Baylor, pause. Because Baylor's not going to get back in the rankings. They're just they're not. Well, they're six and three. I agree. Well, they're, if they beat TCU, they do. Mm, if depends. they, that's just depends on what everyone else does. Yeah, I don't foresee. I don't know. Like it's guaranteed. Well, Georgia's going to beat Kentucky, so Kentucky's going to fall out. Here's here's just my differences here. Clemson lost to the unranked Notre Dame, who is now ranked and has good had some good wins. Okay, Clemson lost. Or, um, yeah, sorry. Clemson lost to Notre Dame, right? If TCU loses to the unranked Baylor. Oh, uh, Baylor plays Kansas State this week. Baylor beats Kansas State, they're back in the top 25. Yes. Especially because they got to play Kansas State, TCU, and Texas, all ranked Three teams. Ranked teams. Oh, they get in. They get in if they if they beat TCU. They get, they're back in the top 25. If Baylor. They beat TCU. Here's my, here's my ultimatum for the CFP. Baylor loses to number 19, Kansas State. This week. Baylor stays unranked, Okay. Baylor goes to TCU and beats TCU. TCU's out. That's yeah. If they lose to Kansas Kansas State, if they lose to Kansas State, Kansas State takes their spot right there in the ranking wise because Baylor would be four and three in the Big Twelve. Kansas would be five and two. Meaning if well, if we look that far, Kansas Kansas State goes to five and two. If depending on the Texas situation, Texas could also go to five and two, making TCU six and one this week. So there is a huge second place spot up for grabs. It's going to come down to Kansas State, Texas, later on in the season. Because if TCU loses a game, and or and or loses the Big Twelve championship, they're out. they're out. I'm calling upset in the Big Twelve championship. I think the Big Twelve championship. This is a hot take. I think the Big Twelve championship goes to Texas. The, goes to maybe one, goes to Texas, but I think the Big Twelve championship is the most exciting championship game amongst all conferences this year. Texas uh, had their I sights agree. on the big uh big team or big twelve championship for oh yeah. Season all started. Season. Yeah. yeah. I see I see the Big Twelve championship this year kinda like a Oklahoma Georgia Rose Bowl game in twenty seventeen. Just an absolute shootout between two pretty good teams. I mean yeah, if you look at the power five or the power five conferences on on the board, Georgia's gonna beat tennis LSU. LSU's hot Georgia has solidified themselves as the best team in the country. Yeah. Pac-12, Oregon's playing good. USC, they're playing like TCU. They're just barely scraping by. I think Oregon wins big. Um, Ohio State and Michigan, they both going to beat Illinois handedly. Um, Clemson's going to beat UNC pretty good in the ACC championship. But that Big 12, whoever comes out as that number two team, TCU's going to be in a fight all game long. Yeah. And, I'm, God, the CFP, they have so many different – Options and I don't think for one for really for three and four for three and four because and if I, Georgia and Ohio State went out, that's your one and two. Yeah, exactly. And I think that there's only a couple ways that you could go wrong, but there's there's really a there's lot not of, many ways you can go wrong. Yeah, though. there's a lot of ways that you can make this CFP kind of interesting because I'm sorry, but I just don't feel like whoever's three or four 
is going to beat Ohio State or Georgia right now. If in my in my opinion, like Ohio, yes, Ohio State had a fluke game, but like if Michigan so if Michigan loses them in the regular season, like we said, they're out. And yeah, so, yeah. Well, throw your throw your what ifs out. If you're sitting right now, and you go through your predictions for the rest of the season. If you're the CFP committee, what four teams need to be in the playoff? Oh, before I do that, I was, you said that, that flu game against um, for Ohio State. I mean, Georgia also had one against Missouri, and like all these teams have had like one, like probably like one or two games where it gets too close than it should be. So exactly. like, they, you can't really like you say like take away too much from them about those games. Yeah. Predictions throughout the rest of the season. We're at the final CFP rankings. If I know College Game Day does it week one, they make their their predictions. Who's your top four? Who's your first two out? And who's your national champion? Finishing like your final ranking prediction right now. Oh my God, final now? ranking prediction. And okay. we're, I mean, we're at the week so two not, of the rankings, so we're gonna do it every week. All right, gotcha. So that's how we're gonna close the midweek episodes. Gotcha. So, and I hope we're not closing right now. Yeah, yeah, we're but, not closing right now. But my uh, <laughs> my predictions, not what I, this, not what I want to happen, but my predictions are. Georgia won. Mm-hmm. Ohio State, Michigan mm-hmm. game. Michigan too. I think okay. Michigan beats Ohio State. Okay. Okay. Number three. I, mm, I, I think, I think Oregon gets number three because mm-hmm. I feel like TCU is going to blow a game. They can't keep just scraping by. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Oregon gets three, and then number four. I'm telling you, I have a bad feeling. Clemson gets back in because Notre Dame. They're wins. getting in. Yeah. Let's face it. They're getting in. Because Notre Dame wins out the rest of the year, and then it makes the Clemson loss to Notre Dame not look that bad. And Clemson's also ACC champion on one loss. So Clemson somehow finds her way in, and you have Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, and Clemson. What a weird four. But that's what I feel like is going to happen. And then my first two out. Probably Ohio State. At five? Yeah, Ohio State at five. And then, honestly, probably probably Tennessee at six. So TCU falls to seven. seven. Or eight. Because I feel, like, I feel like TCU can freaking lose to an unranked Baylor squad. But also, and I feel like TCU could also very well lose to Texas. TCU could seriously... Finish this. Finish the last four or five weeks of their season with two losses. They got Texas on the road this week, Baylor on the road, and then Iowa State. And I don't think it's crazy. And then a Big Twelve championship. And I don't think it's crazy to say that TCU falls back into seven. I don't think it is because Tennessee's one loss comes to the number one Georgia Bulldog team. Hmm. Interesting, 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 interesting. Because I got some disagreements. Jackson, I'm going to let you go next. Yeah, I'm going to have Georgia at one. Yeah. But I think Ohio State will win that game. And as much as I would love to see Michigan win and Ohio State fall, I feel like – I'd I'm, love to play Michigan in I'm, national I'm, I'm much rather – I'm more scared of Ohio State than Michigan. What's your national champion – before Jackson keeps going, what's your national championship matchup and who's your winner? Um, I think it's – It'd be one versus Georgia versus yeah. Clemson, yeah. Ohio State versus. I think Oregon. it's Georgia versus Oregon, a rematch in uh, Inglewood, California, and Georgia. Georgia's got to be your national champion and, and if that Georgia, happens. And Georgia wins by twenty-five or more. 
Jackson, continue. Write that down. <laughs> but I think I, I think it's a rematch between Georgia and Oregon this year. I Oregon think beats Ohio State? I mean, Michigan? Yeah. Because you said Michigan beats Ohio State. Yeah, I, I think so. Because, come on, be for real. Michigan's offense, I don't think Oregon's defense is good enough. And then Oregon outshoots Michigan's offense. Um. Yeah, but I, I'll have Georgia at one. I think Ohio State will win. They'll be at two, which will drop Michigan out. And then this is where the fun begins. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at the Big 12 and the amount of the ties that you probably take a place and then who will be the champion, I think TCU could very well win out and not catch another loss. I'll, if they win out, they're in. Mm, they may get the two spot. Mm. Possibly. That's what I mean, but I'm saying Possibly. I just like they've been playing so good and, you know, the other teams, I think they'll scrape by, and regardless if it's just big wins or close wins, I think if they have a wins, a those win. wins, yeah. they'll be at three, and that's what I think will happen. And I'm going to have Oregon go to four if they just went out. And then uh, my number five team will be uh, Tennessee. Oh, actually, Clemson, because uh, Clemson well, – If Clemson doesn't get in, they're number five. Yeah, so I'll have Clemson at five and then Tennessee at six because – while Notre Dame, like, that can make Clemson that one loss look better. You know, it's still Notre Dame, but the same day, and, like, the Clemson fell to 10, and they're at 10 for the CFP, thinks is the reason. So, um, y'all have Clemson at 5, and then Tennessee at 6. That'll be my – so I have Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, Oregon, Clemson, Tennessee. And before you go, JC, I just want to explain, because, I mean, people probably think I'm an absolute idiot right now. But the reason I put Oregon in there – as a one-loss team over Ohio State as a one-loss team is because... They're a champion. They're a champion. They're a champion, one. But two, Ohio State loses to Michigan in one of the last games of the year. They didn't how get in do, last year. Yeah. How do we know that they're, you know, ready to be a playoff team? When we see when we see Oregon, who has been on an absolute tear and has just put up so many freaking points since that bad loss, I mean, it makes Oregon look like a super hot team, which they are, like... You you heard it from Oregon people. They think they're ready. So as a CFP voter, I have to say, hey, look what Oregon's done the past 10, 11 weeks. Like, let's put them in there and see if they can change the dynamic. And they're, they're a Pac-12 champion with the Pac-12 who had, like, how many teams in the, in the Pac-12 have been ranked in the top 10 this year? A lot. Like, UCLA, USC, Oregon. They've, uh, they've got their fair share of good teams, according to the CFP and the Pac-12. So Oregon... Oregon comes out as Pac-12 champion amongst those three or four ranked Pac-12 teams. I see them going in. I mean, yeah, it pretty much happens every year between Ohio State and Michigan. The winner's in, the loser's out. You really don't have time to prove yourself because if you lose, you're not in the Big 12 championship. But, Jackson, it goes back to you. What's your national championship prediction and who's your winner? I think it'll come down to the one of the two, Georgia-Ohio State, you know, let's always project it each year, but a lot of times it doesn't pan out. But I think this year it might just work out that way. I'm going to have Georgia winning by about 10 points. With a, it'll be about a one-score game until about the fourth quarter. And I feel like Georgia's defense will get a, a crucial stop on a fourth down and it'll go ahead and kick a field goal and seal the deal in another national championship. Yeah, I'm going to go into my predictions. Um, Georgia and Ohio State won. I got Ohio State winning that game. Um, I think TCU slips up. They're not going to get in. Oregon does. They're going to win out and be a Pac-12 champion. They're going to be my three-team. Clemson wins out as the ACC champion. They're going to be my four-team. Georgia beats Clemson. Ohio State beats Oregon. I agree with Jackson. A Georgia-Ohio State national championship. Dogs on top. Back-to-back national champions. Man, I don't know. I mean, call me crazy, but uh, 
I think I think Oregon just I don't know. They've been on a tear. They got the offense. The question is, will their defense step up and stop uh, Ohio State? Because if it gets into a shootout, I think maybe C.J. Stroud as the Heisman favorite goes in and pulls this off. But Oregon, let's not forget, Oregon's head coach, Dan Lanning, just played, just coached in a national championship. And was hired by Oregon at that time. Yes. He could have easily left, but exactly. for coaching experience, he coached, and now he just went to Oregon with national championship um, experience and could still easily get back to the national championship just on the other side of the sideline. Yep. And I think what helps Dan Lanning a little bit, and this may not be monumental, but what helps Dan Lanning a little bit is he can look at that Georgia game in the first game of the year, and he can say, all right, this Georgia team put up 49 points on us opening, like as, as the top team in the country – this George team just put up 49 points. I think Dan Lanning can learn from that game and apply that to kind of, you know, Ohio State in a way, if that makes sense. I just, I don't know. I, I, got, I got that weird feeling, man. I got that weird feeling that we see a rematch between Georgia and Oregon, especially if Ohio State keeps uh, not playing how they should. I mean, we've said it earlier in this podcast, and we've said it pretty much in every podcast since – up to now, we're looking so far ahead. I mean, we're working pretty much four weeks ahead of past championship week. So, I mean, it's always fun to look this far ahead. It's like just about like let betting on a game. You bet this to happen, and it's always fun to see what happens. We're just making a prediction to say, hey, we call this or we didn't call that. And any surprises were like we weren't even looking at that. Like LSU a few weeks ago, me and Zeke weren't even looking when we made our last midweek episode. We weren't even looking at LSU to be a top ten team. No, we were all shocked when they came into – you know, that number 10 spot. But um, the last thing I'll say about, you know, kind of Oregon and Ohio State, that situation is Ohio State's defense really has not been tested and really won't be tested until they play Michigan. So that game will do a lot. Even if it's a close game and Ohio State pulls out, that's the that's really the first game we'll get to see Ohio State's defense tested. And then I think we can make a little bit – of a better prediction or analysis on how good this Buckeyes team actually is. Oh, even if Ohio State still wins, we could still change our predictions. I mean, if, especially with the Oregon-Ohio State game we predicted, we could still make a prediction on that. But I mean, we're looking so far ahead, and it's so, it's so fun to say the what-if factor of what happens if this happens and looking that far ahead in predictions. It's, it's always fun to do that, even though we're still three weeks out from, you know, the final week from – the regular season. So it's always fun to say, what if? What if? Yep. Um, I know it's a midweek episode. Um, we didn't get to talk about our pro sports like we did in episode one. So we'll finish us up our midweek episode of talking about the pro sports that um, we didn't get to talk about because we had such a good episode last week. Um, we'll go into our final segment of this pro sports talk. Did y'all talk about the NFL trade deadline last week? Last week? We didn't talk about no pro We talked about pro sports when you were with us. We got to the midweek oh. and we talked strictly about CFP. Yeah. And then our last episode, we didn't talk about any sports because oh, we went strictly in college football. Yeah, you know, so I don't, you know I don't care about the NFL, but uh, <laughs> I, some of our fans do, so I'll let you go ahead, Jackson. The NFL trade deadline was one of the – you know, we always talk about trade deadlines and – um. You Jackson's got pulled up <laughs> NFL mock trades I, he can make. <laughs> I, I do know my boy Roquan Smith went to the Ravens. I do know that. Hey, and he had a game last night. Yes, he did. He did. And then you got Chase Claypool and the Bears. You got TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings. You always hear about on trade deadline, you hear about 
the NBA has all these crazy trades at the deadline. The NFL usually doesn't have too many. And so it was shocking to see that uh, time after time. Um, I mean, shoot, even though C-Mac went and traded at the deadline, C-Mac's gone from the Panthers. This is what ba- playing with Baker Mayfield does to people. <laughs> <laughs> Baker Mayfield isn't even on their starting roster anymore, though. P.J. Walker's come in and took hey, over. Speaking of Baker Mayfield, I watched the highlights between the Georgia Rose Bowl on 2017 day, and it was so fun seeing him lose. All right, for sorry. So, notable ones, Bradley Chubb, who's been pretty solid for the Broncos, ends up in Miami. Calvin Ridley took down to the Jaguars. You know, who can't play this year. can't play this year. Uh, Chess Clifford went to the Chicago. Naeem Hines, who's a backup running back for the Colts, but a very good return man and special teams player, goes to the Bills. And they, God, they just got better. They just need another running. They needed another piece on offense. Uh, Christian McCaffrey goes to the 49ers, Rokal Smith to Baltimore, and Robert Quinn, who's been a solid uh, defensive lineman, heads to Philadelphia just to give them a little more um, firepower. T.J. Hawkinson, as I mentioned, went to the Vikings for picks. Kadarius Toney uh, went to the Chiefs. You've had your home just yet another weapon. And Robbie Anderson, um, I wonder where he went. It didn't say on here, but he was straight to the Cardinals to team up with Kyle. Yeah, he wasn't, happen- he wasn't happy in Carolina. Like again, I said, and then Deion Jones from the Falcons to the Browns. I did not see that one, but yes, it's a wild NFL trade deadline. The Falcons um, are still the Falcons. Golly, yeah. the Falcons aren't playing as bad as I thought they were this year. But they are. Still did you watch the game great. against the Chargers though? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, oh my god, they're still not great. But they are playing better than I originally thought they would. We're still the twenty-eight three Falcons. Yeah, well, we're gonna be that way for a long get, time. We'll over get over that. But um, we're, we're coming to about the midway, a little past midway point in the NFL season, starting to get your uh, playoff predictions lined up. Do you guys have any Super Bowl, any We made some predictions um, earlier when we first started this podcast. I said the Buffalo Bills would be your NS, your Super Bowl champions. I'm sticking with it. Buffalo Bills are hot. They're good. Josh Allen, well, Josh Allen just did get an injury. So Josh Allen's hurt. That could shake up some things. But I still think if Josh Allen's healthy, Buffalo Bills are they're outmatched. Boys, y'all know that I don't pay too much <laughs> to the NFL. Y'all know this time of year I get hooked on the NBA and uh, how about college, college basketball? College basketball. Week. I thought it was March Madness on opening day. Talk <laughs> about the freaking upsets. How about Florida Gulf Coast going in and beating USC? Florida State got beat, dude. Louisville got beat by Lenore Ryan, the D two school out of North Carolina. But uh, anyways, I, we we're getting to a fun spot. Who want spun fun spot? There we go. I got it out. <laughs> fun spot in sports. I mean, you got the college basketball starting, NFL playoffs coming around. Astros win the World Series. The World Series. Yeah, Astros yeah. win the World Series. Uh, Dusty Baker gets him a ring. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm a Bryce Harper fan. So most people hate him. I like oh how Bri- Bryce, Bryce Harper's good. He, I, I'm not going to hate on talent um, besides LeBron James. I'm not a, <laughs> a LeBron James fan. Um, but uh, see if uh, college basketball starting, men and women's playoffs coming around for the football, uh, NFL and college. We're getting to a good spot in sports. Yep. And uh, to kind of go – Back to pro sports right now. Um, I'll give you a quick rundown. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. We're looking at the South Carolina men's basketball team versus South South Carolina State. State. And uh, South Carolina's got a three-point lead with three seconds to go. uh, In the second half. Yeah, but besides the point, a quick rundown of the NBA because everyone knows I'm a big NBA guy. The Milwaukee Bucks handed their first loss by the Trey Youngless Atlanta Hawks. DeJounte Murray puts on a show. A.J. Griffin, the Duke boy, comes in off the bench, puts on an absolute show. Um, and like I said, they hand the Bucks first loss in Atlanta. So great win for the Hawks there as the Hawks sit at number four spot. Um, hey, before you keep going, how about the East? The East may be the toughest division by far. Uh, the Cavs, the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, well, and, and was, the Atlanta Hawks. I was about to get to that too because this is one of the strongest 
Eastern Conference the playoffs like, this year, set man? of teams that I've seen in a very long time. Arguably, this arguably to me is probably the strongest Eastern Conference since the 2016 playoff year. Like, that's that's just my take. But well, Jackson just pulled it up on the big screen. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks are currently seven and three. Their best start to a season since the 2016. 2017. They've never missed the playoffs when starting seven to three or better. And to go, the Hawks on, are in. And to go on about this <laughs> Eastern <laughs> Conference, put it in the books. <laughs> to go on about this Eastern Conference, number one, you got the Milwaukee Bucks. Number two, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who nobody expected to be doing this good right now. Freaking Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell are a force to be reckoned with. Donovan Mitchell is making a name for himself as the as a top ten NBA player in the league. Well, he's the he's the true piece for the Cavaliers. He I is, mean, he is their go to guy. That's their star. You, and Dar- Darius Garland finally getting back from that eye laceration. He is balling too. So the Cavs looking good at number two. Boston Celtics. Tatum is having the best year of his life. Jalen Brown's playing great right beside him. The Celtics have all the pieces. They got a young coach who's still trying to put the team together. Once the team fully gets their chemistry with Malcolm Brogdon, Blake Griffin, these new additions they brought in, I still think the Celtics are going to be a hard team to beat in a seven-game series. But well, um, we made our predictions or yeah. uh, like first podcast. We said that the Celtics Bucks. Uh, something, uh, Jackson, you said Celtics Bucks, Eastern Conference Finals. Me and Zeke said Celtics Hawks. Yeah. Uh, I still agree with my Celtics Hawks. Yeah, Jackson, you want to? I'm starting to. I mean, definitely the Hawks. Seeing them go seven and three. Um, but the Bucks are still good. Though. The Bucks are still good. The, the Bucks, Bucks are still the Bucks. With the honest, Bucks? I think I think that the Cavaliers can make a can make a run at it. They look so good with Donovan. The Mitchell. Cavaliers can make a run, but here's what's going to kill the Cavs. Are they contenders or are they pretenders? Here's, here's what's going to kill the Cavs in the playoffs. They really only have that one guy who plays this got that playoff experience. Because Donovan if, Mitchell. Yeah, and if you look at like Garland does not have that playoff experience. Evan Mobley does not have that playoff experience. Like so, the Cavs are young. They're going to be good if they keep all these pieces. But they're not an NBA champion type team right now. Great regular season team, but when it comes down to it, you got to play the same team in a seven game series. Don't let them pull it off. But moving to the West real quick, Utah Jazz sitting at the top with a two game lead. Um, the Jazz are looking good. The Jazz looked good um, at the beginning of last season as well. So um, Jazz are good. Phoenix Suns still doing their thing. Trailblazers, Dames being Dame, they're looking good. Where are the Warriors? Denver Nuggets. Jokic has a freaking – him and Murray are a great duo. The Nuggets are going to be a top 16. They're going to make the playoffs. I need Curry in the playoffs. I'm sorry. That's why I just said where are the Warriors because yeah. I need Steph Curry and Klay Thompson to have a chance to repeat because yeah, that Warriors, team is good. The Warriors are sitting as the second team outside of the playoffs right now. Um, but if you remember, the playoffs are different. They got four teams pretty much that are out, but you play in. So there's a play-in tournament. Um, I know that's been going on for a few years. That's, stupid. It's, it's yeah. still new, the, but I like it. It's the, the, Warriors, play-in team, the, the, Warriors, the play-in term, tournament gives other teams a chance to get in. Yeah, the Warriors are still the 12th team out of 15 teams in the Western Conference right now. But Four and seven. Just want to say a little update since the last time we talked about the NBA. The Lakers have won two ball games. Congrats to Russell Westbrook and LeBron James. They have won two ball you said, games. Oh, you said they're one loss away from Russell me. Westbrook. <laughs> Westbrook. Like, God, good they're guy. hard to watch. He, he can't shoot a uh, BB in the ocean. I will say, I watched some highlights on YouTube. You know, I got bored in class today, so I decided to watch some, some I guess it was the coldest moments in the NBA. Um, Russell Westbrook, when he was on OKC by oh himself, God. like when he was by himself, he was different. Yeah. We were, and that was. Maybe we should put him back on a team where he's by himself. We averaged a triple double for what, two or three years in a row? Put him back on a team by himself. Please. Let him do it by himself. Russell Westbrook on a team by himself. Him and Jokic. Top 15 player all time. (laughs) Put him in the finals. Oh, he's still a Hall of Fame. It's like there's Russell Westbrook team myself, then there's Flight in June. You know, who else would, 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 who
Yeah. It's like these random players. You know, Russell was on the team by himself though was absolutely insane. Yeah. Or put him back with Paul George. Yeah, they were I mean, they were, they were insane. Nasty dude. Hey, Russell and Harden weren't that bad in Houston, but uh, no, they weren't that bad. No, they weren't they, that bad, but they, they didn't weren't they weren't together. They just had terrible people. <laughs> but uh, the last pro. Well, sport, if you put good Eric people around Gordon them, they get was the third option on that team. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be great. The lowest, the, the last pro sport. <laughs> 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 you know, the fellow who couldn't shoot a free throw. Yet. Eric Gordon. He's a huge piece hey, of the Hawks. Eric Gordon at the four, bro. He's six four. Anyways, the last pro sport I'll talk about is cricket. I just want to get. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So um, Zeke, that's all you because I have no idea how cricket works. <laughs> I don't even know. I just saw it on ESPN. Doing hockey too. Yeah. I, w- I would like Let's to talk give about a shout swim. Yeah. Can we can we talk about ABAC's racquetball team? <laughs> Mike Beeman's track cross country team, which is doing well. Which, which is, is doing, doing well. really well. I actually got to catch up with Mike Beeman the other day. But, I showed uh, this to Zeke earlier. <laughs> I want to do I want to do a clown moment midweek. So as midweek clown moment. So as we are, um, you know, waiting for JC to get here, Jackson is showing me this thing he sees on Instagram. Friday so, dot beers is the and, is the Instagram and text threads. They collaborate and they'll do random uh, messages like just funny text messages about sports betting, like just partying, like just the overall college life. And um, Zeke got a kick out of this one so in this text message a friend texts another friend and they say i need university of north texas's women's field hockey team (laughs) to put up four in the second half for the over or i lose three thousand dollars hey sometimes you just keep your mouth shut or i guess don't text on your phone because if no, you, when you, you text that to me, a sports betting hole, you got you just keep digging. But you if you know? text that to me, I'm screenshotting and posting just like they did. I mean, oh, it's got fifty eight thousand likes. So good God. So um, I, I pray that the University of North Texas's women's field hockey team. I, I, I hope I they do, did it. Shall I do we look up the North? North Texas? Yeah, I do know the North uh, Texas mascot. They are. I know their colors are green. North um, Texas is the green. Um, they are the. Uh, God, what are they? The green wave. They're like, the Eagles. They yeah. beat somebody big last year. But what is They're their the mean green? Mean green. green that's green right. Eagles. Oh, he's literally looking up. The I'm, do, I'm doing it right now. Team. Okay, that was the clown moment. So we're gonna give you our clown moment result. Dude, they don't have it on there. Is that just a joke? Uh, it's probably intramural. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're betting three thousand. Imagine. No, is it, it on there? Real. Is it, was, it on there? It was not on there. Teams. Go. Go to athletics. It was. So we're having trouble finding the women's field hockey team at the University of North Texas. Um, I know this is really stupid, but it's our clown moment of the week. We're we're almost done. This is my with. favorite part. What are you talking about? <laughs> field hockey. Sure. There's no way. I don't think it's real. Wow, we've been we've been baited, boys. Bamboozled. <laughs> we've been we've been flabbergasted. We've been boondoggled, as some would say. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. We got it. If this isn't real. The no, meme's no more funny. Real. I think it's more funny because it's not real. It's definitely not real. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, another – I'll give – this isn't really a clown moment, but it can be if you want to make it one. But I'll give a little shout-out. Um, y'all remember the um, the the guy, March Madness, last year, good good old Doug. Doug Eddard. Doug Eddard. Well, Doug Eddard's new team, the Bryant Bulldogs, beat a uh, little bitty school yesterday. They dropped 147 points Jesus on those boys. Jesus Christ. Who'd wow. they play? They played uh, Thomas, whatever that is. So, <laughs> Doug. Uh, oh, well, if we're giving shout-outs to those, I want to give a shout-out to um, former Tiff County head coach Eric Holland, his son, Eric Holland Jr. We called him EJ. He is now 
playing at uh, the Kennesaw, Kennesaw State Owls. He got in. One. Yeah, he got in last last night. So he's he's played his first collegiate game as a uh, freshman also. So for giving shout outs, I'll give one it of you. the hardest workers yeah. I've ever met, and uh, he he deserves it just as much as anyone else, if not more. So big shout out to EJ and uh, the Kennesaw State Owls last night. Guys, we've just created two. Well, I guess we created the clown moment of the week last week, but. That'd be something good every week. A yeah. clown moment of the week, and then you back it up with either hard work or, or a shout-out you want to give out. So no, the clown moment was definitely the meme that no, no, turned I, out I to not be real. Clown moment. Who was the guy who was beefing with uh, Hinden Hooker on uh, Instagram? Warren Brinson. That's my clown moment. The, but is your clown so Warren Brinson, or is the clown Hinden Hooker? Hinden Hooker. <laughs> it's got to be Hinden Hooker, because Hinden Hooker went back and deleted his comments. <laughs> <laughs> so I brought that one up. Maybe Hypo told him to. Yeah. I'm just here to bring it to the funny side. I don't really know, like, my hard, like, hard worker or, um... Even like a, just a shout-out, like... Um... I have to think about that. I'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I do like the new segments we created. The hard worker or the shout-out of the week and the clown moment. The clown moment of the week this week was maybe the best one ever. The, 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 the turnout, the, t- the meme that turned out not, not real. <laughs> well, we were... I think we mentioned a good proud moment earlier. Not to give you one, but one of my favorite athletes and I followed him through college AJ Griffin who played for Duke and now is on the Atlanta Hawks who had a who had a breakout <laughs> game AJ Griffin is a renowned Christian and has went on social media and you know talked about his faith so it was due time for him to show up and have a great game for the Hawks so props to him but let's get back this to is my this cl- oh, okay. I, this is okay. my okay. Cl- I found my I found my shout out uh, you know another Tiff County native Rashad Bateman out for the year in the NFL um you know Rashad kind of like I would say put Tiff County on the map, but, you know, first one to kind of make it out and do very, be very successful. Definitely a lot of guys, like, we think about whenever we hear Bates in town, we always get excited saying, you know, maybe we'll see him, maybe we'll get to talk to him, you know, because he's just that kind of that kind of fame in Tiff County. I remember the night he got drafted, you know, where I was and all that. So definitely hard to see him out for the year, but definitely a shout out to the hard work he's put in through the course of time just to go to uh, Minnesota and then go to the NFL and be on the Ravens and do good things. Yeah, definitely a good shout out. Um uh, Jackson, as you are bringing up even more clown moments, there is a uh, uh, cl- I, I find the man. There is a clown moment sitting on the screen. It is a tweet from <laughs> Quist Marler. Uh, find him on Twitter at Vernie Funquist. Uh, <laughs> fun, all capitalized. <laughs> the tweet says <laughs> there are traffic lights that lasted longer than Tennessee's number one <laughs> ranking. And, if you're, and from, if you're from Tifton, you know that's true. <laughs> it's, it's the traffic light by Pizza Hut on Sixth Street. <laughs> no, the intersection over there on Eighty Two and Virginia Avenue. Yes, that right there at First Baptist. Yes, yes. That one. You know, I, I just love Instagram and the memes that I can. In- that was a good one. There's traffic it. lights that lasted longer than t- than hit, than the Tennessee number one ranking did. I agree. Can we can we just you know for the fun for the listeners you know, just something fun? Can we pull up our favorite signs from the Georgia Tennessee game? No, hold on. Before that, did you did you guys hear Mike Leach's post game conference? No, what did he say? God, he's talking about the fat girlfriends. Yeah. Like like Mike Leach That's is on crowd. another That's so on bad. another level. He said, uh, "Let me try to pull it up." Let me try to quote so, Mike. Listeners, don't don't leave just yet. We're gonna try and bring some comedy into this, and we're going to we're going to pick our funniest <laughs> Saturday signs. Podcast. Yeah, we are. We're gonna pick our our funniest signs from. Oh, I said mine. I said mine uh, on Sunday. The frat house that hung the sign outside of their thing. It said, "You know, Tennessee only has one hooker. The rest are just volunteers." Yeah, that's a good that, one. That's mine. That's gotta be mine. I mean, I like. <laughs> and um, if there's a young listener listening, cover yours real quick. Um, three, two, one. 
how about you volunteer to lick these dog nuts? <laughs> and then the UT is And the nuts. UT is orange and capitalized. So I think that was pretty funny as I was in Athens and actually saw that hanging from the frat house. Listeners, just you know, I also covered my ears there as I'm the youngest of this trio. I'm going to just... couldn't have that <laughs> foul language put in my head. I'm going to play the Mike Leach press conference. The whole thing. I didn't even get to um, event that, you know, and then all of a sudden... Well, they're kicking it off, <clears throat> and then, uh, <clears throat> <laughs> Mike Leach has COVID. <laughs> I'm working on this trademark cough. What do you think? Um, it's getting better too. Um, well then, <clears throat> sounds like Coach Ed. <laughs> we marched it downfield. <laughs> I, I thought we could have been closer, but and then. Well, he made. <laughs> That's his coughing scene. Let me get to his fat girlfriend. <laughs> oh my God. I'm gonna tell my dad to text this man and be like, "Hey." My, my oh, not only does he do that, down. he folds up the wide receiver's chair in the middle of the game because he yeah, says, he said they "Don't deserve to sit down." Yeah. Let me let me find it. I'm gonna find the part where he talks about his fat girlfriends because that was the funniest part. But Mike Leach, he's we've we've said it before. He's I'm on Mike it. Leach, and I've been smoking since I was six. Mike yeah. Wild. Okay, here it is. Well, no, that's someone else talking about. Maybe this is it. Let's see. We're going to close on a funny note. <laughs> Jackson, you keep pulling up memes, man. This is one account. Saturday Down South on I Instagram has it. the it's funniest funny. stuff. It's so good. All right. Close it out. We're going to listen to Mike Leach. Where's he at? <laughs> oh, there it is. Jackson pulled it up. It's not him saying it, but it says, instead of playing hard, we want to eat. Players want to eat a fish sandwich and drink lemonade with your fat little girlfriend. <laughs> oh. Listen, hold on. Maybe it'll pull up. Or, you know. Instead of playing hard and getting a first down and getting a play, then, you know, you want to <clears throat> sit behind a, a, a shade tree, eat a fish sandwich, and uh, drink a lemonade with your fat little girlfriend. <laughs> and that's what we're shooting for way too often, I thought. You know, when can we relax, make some good consumption? <laughs> okay, if, y'all, if you guys couldn't hear that, because I know it was a little, little, a little quiet. Go to Saturday Down South and look up the Mike Leach t- quote. Swipe over and there's a video. It is the funniest thing. That's my clown moment of the me- week and I think a great way to end the midweek episode. Saturday Down South. <laughs> so, for all you listeners, we just want to say, there's better decisions than eating fish sandwiches and drinking lemonade <laughs> underneath the shade tree with your bad little girlfriend. <laughs> so. Yeah, definitely is. And a great way to end the podcast. A great funny way. Um, we were serious pretty much the whole time. Um, it's always fun to cut up and laugh at a, in a podcast. But uh, I think another great episode. Um, if you haven't uh, caught up, please go back and listen to the other episodes. Uh, we appreciate all support, and um, thank you guys for listening. Guys, any closing remarks? Um, I'm interested to see what this weekend's got to hold, and uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm feeling another upset this weekend. I say Lane Kiffin is pissed off, and he comes out and beats Alabama. <laughs> I say this is definitely one of the most interesting college football playoff scenarios we've seen in a long, long time. So it'll definitely be interesting to see how it all pans out. Yep, another big week, another big week of college football, and um, a very interesting week. Big games. Um, TCU, I know, is in a big one. Bama's in a big one. So um, we'll be glued to the TVs this week, I can for sure, and uh, we'll be ready to go on uh, Sunday night to bring you another episode. So um, appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we'll be back Sunday night.